the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. They're blind to the scriptures. They can't see. And they'll remain blinded until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. God is primarily saving Gentiles right now, non-Jews. But there will be a point where the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. You know, the, the, the last Gentile that will be saved will be saved. And then the fullness of the Gentiles will come in and God will turn back to the Jewish people. Tribulation. Well, many of us might think it's rather bizarre that Jews are in part blind to the gospel. All we have to do is look back to before we were saved. Now that you have that thought in mind, all you have to do is add spiritual blindness brought on by the Lord. However, as Pastor Dan discusses in his message today, blindness is only but temporary and will one day be lifted. In his study, you'll learn about the coming shift in the ages from the church age to the tribulation, which will result in the salvation of many Jews. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Micah chapter 4 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. The fact that Jesus was born in Bethlehem and not Jerusalem, not Rome, not Athens, it shows God's desire to relate to common, ordinary, regular people like you and me. That he came to relate to everyone. Bethlehem emphasizes his humility. Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9 says, Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and having salvation. He's lowly. And riding on a donkey, he's, he's lowly, he's humble, he's from Bethlehem. Jesus, Bethlehem says Jesus is accessible. He's accessible to everyone, not just the elite, not just the powerful, not just the wealthy, not just the intellectuals, but whosoever will may come to him and receive the forgiveness of their sins and salvation. Now, you know the story from the New Testament You know that to fulfill this prophecy, God caused Caesar Augustus to issue a decree, Luke chapter 2, that all the world should be registered in their hometown. God literally moved the entire population of the Roman Empire just so Joseph would leave Nazareth with his wife Mary, who was in the final months of her pregnancy, and he would travel down to Bethlehem, so that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem and fulfillment of this prophecy. Remember also when the wise men showed up in Jerusalem and they asked Herod the Great, uh, where is the one born the king of the Jews? We have come to worship him. Remember Herod the Great sent to the religious leaders and he asked the religious leaders, where will the Messiah be born? And they immediately said Bethlehem. And they quoted Micah 5 too. 
They didn't have to go research it and say, let me get back to you. Give me a couple days. I'll look into it and let you know. They knew immediately that the Messiah, the Savior, the King of the Jews would be born in Bethlehem because of Micah 5.2. Look at verse 2 again. It says, out of you, out of Bethlehem, will come the one who is to be ruler in Israel. Look what it says, whose goings forth are from of old, from everlasting. Or your translation might say, from eternity. This means that this king that is coming, he will be eternal. That he, he, has, he will always exist. He has no beginning. Which means he will be God. Because only God has no beginning. Jesus is God. He's Emmanuel. He's God with us. Colossians chapter 1 verse 17 says Jesus was before all things. He's always existed. John chapter 1 verse 2. He was in the beginning with God. In Revelation chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, which was, and which is to come. I am the Almighty. So this one who will rule over Israel, he will be born in Bethlehem, and he will be God incarnate. Verse 3, Therefore, He shall give them up until the time that she who is in labor has given birth. Then the remnant of his brethren shall return to the children of Israel. The Jewish people will reject Jesus as their Messiah when he comes, as you know from the Gospels. They'll crucify him. Therefore, he will give them up, but not forever. God is not finished with the Jewish people. He hasn't forsaken the Jewish people Forever, he will give them up until the time that she who is in labor has given birth. This is referring to the time between the rejection of Jesus Christ by the Jewish people at his first advent and his second advent. God will give up the Jews temporarily. Romans chapter 11, verse 25 says that blindness in part has happened to Israel until The fullness of the Gentiles has come in right now. Blindness in part has happened to the Jewish people so that they can't see spiritually. They can't see not every Jew. It's blindness in part. Some Jews do recognize Jesus as their Messiah. They're called Messianic Jews. But most Jews, most Jewish people, as a result of the rejection of Jesus Christ as the Messiah, they can't see it now. They have a blindness They can't see that Jesus is the Messiah. They're blind to the gospel. They're blind to the scriptures. They can't see. And they'll remain blinded until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. God is primarily saving Gentiles right now, non-Jews. But there will be a point where the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. You know, the, the, the last Gentile that will be saved will be saved. And then the fullness of the Gentiles will come in and God will turn back to the Jewish people. And when will that be? During the time of the tribulation. The time of Jacob's trouble. Look what it says. When she who is in labor has given birth. When the tribulation has come upon the earth. That's quite often compared to a woman in labor. Jesus uses the same analogy in the Olivet Discourse in Matthew 24. Listen to what he says. Actually, let's turn there. Turn to Matthew 24, because it's really relevant to not just our study, but I think it's also relevant to the days that we live in. Matthew 24, 
Now, this is when Jesus is sitting on the Mount of Olives. That's why it's called the Olivet Discourse. It's the second longest teaching, second only to the Sermon on the Mount. And he's, he's talking, his disciples have asked him about when will the end of the age be and what will be the sign of your second coming. And in verse 6, Matthew 24, verse 6, Jesus says, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. He says, when you hear about wars and rumors of wars, that's not a sign of the end. That doesn't mean you're living in the last days. For, but here, here, the, here is the signs. Here are the signs. For nation will rise against nation. The word there is ethnos. Think about whole, like whole ethnic group, whole people groups now. Rising against other people groups and kingdom against kingdom. Now, this kind of war that he's describing here did not happen in human history until the 20th century with World War I, which was the what? The war to end all wars. And then we had World War II, right? And even now, as you're looking at what's going on with Russia and the Ukraine, and there's very much this East against the West kind of talk that's happening. You know, and, and Russia is, is threatened by the West and the Western country. This is the kind of war that it's describing here, where you've got whole nations, whole people groups, whole kingdoms coming against kingdoms. And here's some other signs. There will be famines. <laughs> the president today, the president today said we're going to have a food shortage and that we should get ready for it. Pestilences and earthquakes and various places. He says, all these are the beginning of sorrows. And when he says that here, all these are the beginning of sorrows. They're the beginning of birth pains is what that means. It's the beginning of contractions. The thing about contractions is they happen with greater frequency and greater intensity the closer you get to the time of delivery. And Jesus is saying, these are the signs. These are the things you should be looking for. These are the signs that my... Return is near. And my second coming is near. He goes on to say that when we see these things begin to come to pass, that we should look up because our redemption is drawing near. We should be looking up for the Lord to come, for His church. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. Now, go back with me to Micah, chapter 5. During this tribulation, the seven years of tribulation, in the second half of it in particular, the Jewish people will have their blindness lifted. They'll recognize Jesus as their Messiah. Uh, Zechariah chapter 12, verse 10 says, they will look on me whom they pierced. They'll look on the Lord whom they, well, when did they pierce the Lord? When they crucified Jesus. 
and a remnant will believe and return to the Lord Jesus Christ and return to the children of Israel. Verse four says, and he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord and the majesty of the name of the Lord, his God, and they shall abide for now. He shall be great to the ends of the earth. It says here, do you see the flow here? This is describing the kingdom age. When Jesus is reigning on the earth and he'll be a shepherd to his people and he'll stand and feed his flock. I love this picture of Jesus here as the good shepherd. Isaiah chapter 40 says, behold, the Lord God shall come with a strong hand and his arms shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him and he will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with Young in the kingdom age. Look at the beginning of verse five. And this one shall be peace. Speaking of Jesus, not just that he will bring peace, which he will, but he will be peace. Ephesians two verse 14 says of Jesus that he himself is our peace. Again, not just that he gives us peace, which he does. He gives us a peace that passes understanding, but he is our peace. Our peace is found in the person of Jesus Christ. Verse 5 goes on, and this one shall be peace. When the Assyrians come into our land and when he treads in our palaces, then we will raise against him seven shepherds and eight princely men to defend ourselves, meaning we'll have enough people to defend ourselves. They shall waste with the sword the land of Assyria and the land of Nimrod. The land of Nimrod is Babylon. At its entrances, thus he shall deliver us from the Assyrian when he comes into our land and when he treads within our borders. Here, Assyria and and Babylon, the land of Nimrod, are used as metaphors for the Antichrist. Again, we're talking about the last days here. That's the context. The Antichrist will make war against the people of God during the tribulation and the coming king who we know as Jesus Christ, will deliver Israel from the Antichrist. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, it says that Jesus will consume the Antichrist with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. And so just with the brightness of his glory, when he returns to the earth, it's going to wipe out the Antichrist and his army. Then the remnant of Jacob shall be in the midst of many peoples, like dew from the Lord, like showers on the grass that tarry for no man, nor wait for the sons of men. Now, dew and rain are a blessing, especially in the Middle East where there's very little rain. Here, the Lord says the remnant of Jacob will be like dew and rain to many peoples. During the kingdom age, Israel will be the source of blessing for many nations. Most nations today, as you know, don't see Israel as a source of blessing. Um, Most nations, many nations today are against Israel. Some nations hate Israel, want to destroy Israel, hate the Jewish people. But during the kingdom age, they will be considered a blessing to others. The, The attitude of the world toward Israel will completely flip in the kingdom age. And understand, too, for all of their history, and the Jewish people are the, are, are the most persecuted people 
and humanity. We're talking 700 years before the time of Christ. And they were a persecuted people back then. And they were a hated people back then. And they're still hated by many today. But in the kingdom age, all of that's going to be flipped. Where now they're a blessing to many nations. Or they will be a blessing to many nations. And the remnant of Jacob, verse 8, shall be among the Gentiles in the midst of many peoples like a lion among the beasts of the forest, like a young lion among flocks of sheep who, if he passes through, both treads down and tears in pieces and none can deliver. Your hand shall be lifted against your adversaries and all your enemies shall be cut off. Again, he's looking ahead to the kingdom age for the nation of Israel Israel will be a strong nation under King Jesus. Israel will be like a lion among the sheep instead of a sheep among the lions, as they are so often throughout history. All of it's going to change. Again, the Lord is pointing them ahead to the kingdom age. He's not saying it's going to change now. He's not saying, I'm going to make you a lion now. You're going to roar like a lion now. He's saying in the kingdom age. I'm going to make everything right then. So verse 10. And it shall be in that day. You know, uh, Martin Luther once said, I have I have two dates on my calendar this day and that day. Right. We're talking about that day when Christ is reigning on the earth as king of kings and Lord of lords. And it shall be in that day, says the Lord. That I will cut off your horses from your midst and destroy your chariots during the kingdom age. Listen to what he's doing here. The Lord will strip away all the things that Israel trusted in to defend them so that they solely trust in the Lord. I will cut off the cities of your land and throw down all your strongholds, all your fortresses. The kingdom age will be a time of peace, unprecedented peace, especially for the Jewish people. He's speaking to Israel here. They will no longer need their walled cities. They will no longer need their fortresses and their strongholds to defend them. They will no longer rely upon their iron dome or their military weapons to deliver them. I'm not not criticizing them for having those things, but in the kingdom age... They won't need those things because the Lord, their God will be their strength and the Lord, their God will be their defender. Look at verse 12. I will cut off sorceries from your hand and you shall have no soothsayers. Your carved images I will also cut off and your sacred pillars from your midst. You shall no more worship the work of your hands. I will pluck your wooden images from your midst. Thus, I will destroy your cities and I will execute vengeance and anger and fury on the nations that have not heard this. God says here at the end of chapter five to Israel in the kingdom age, I'm going to remove all your idols, all your false gods that you're putting your hope in, all of your false gods that you've put your confidence in. And they will rely on Jesus Christ alone. And worship him. And listen, give me your attention. This is exactly what God wants to do in your life. This is exactly what God wants to do in my life. 
He wants to bring us to the place where we completely rely upon him for everything and nothing else and no one else. He wants to bring us to the place that all of our confidence and hope is in Jesus Christ and him alone. Where Jesus Christ is preeminent in all things. In the book of Hebrews, it says that God, listen, listen, listen. It says that God will remove those things that can be shaken. So that only that which cannot be shaken will remain. And I think in many ways, we see the Lord shaking things up in this world. So that those things that can be shaken are removed. Those things that we're trusting in that are not worth trusting in. Those things that we're hoping in that are not worth hoping in. Those things that we are counting on. That are not going to come through for us. He's shaking those things. All the things that are unreliable. All the things that we thought we could rely upon that we're realizing now. They're unreliable. And God is shaking those things so that we trust only in him. The one who cannot be shaken. Jesus is, is the only one that, that remains the same. And I hope that you know that. I hope that you see that. He's the only one that doesn't change. He's the only one who doesn't fail. He's the only constant in our lives. Everything around us is changing. Everything around us is shifting and failing. Jesus Christ remains the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the one who never fails. And maybe you're here and you've been trusting in things. Or you've been trusting in people that are failing you. That have been shaken. Things that you you thought were so certain have become uncertain. God is doing that. He is doing that so that you put your trust in Jesus Christ and nothing else and no one else. He is showing us, all of us, that he's the only trustworthy one. He's the only unchanging one. He's the only one we can count on. There's no shadow of turning with him. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for uh, this chapter and Micah. We thank you for just the amazing prophecy of your birth here in Micah chapter 5. We thank you, Lord, also for the promise that you have given us for the future, Lord. We know that one day you'll come for your church and we'll see you face to face, Lord, and and one day, Lord, you're going to rule as king of kings on this earth and you're going, to, you're going to make everything right in this world. Lord, I pray that we would be people that are always watchful, always ready, always living with expectation. Lord, I pray that we would be people that are looking for you to come. I pray that we would set our hearts and minds on things above and not the things of this earth. And Lord, I, I pray that we would just hold on loosely to the things of this world because none of it is worth trusting in. And Lord, that we would really put all of our hope and all of our confidence in you. Nothing else and no one else. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. He asked me how I know and I 
Thank you for joining us today. You've been listening to Pastor Dan Sexton on Ring of Truth. Pastor Dan has been opening up the book of Micah to us in this series. This book reminds us that God remains the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you have questions about today's message, or if we can pray for you, please take a moment to get in contact with us. We can be reached at 410-491-4592. Ring of Truth is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. We would love to see you in person if you're in the area. We meet Sundays at 8.30 and 10.30 and 12.30 p.m., as well as on Thursdays at 7 p.m. Check out our website for more information, calvaryec.com. Or you can ask for more information when you call. Once again, that number is 410-491-4592. If you've been enjoying these studies from Ring of Truth, we'd like to invite you to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. You'll be notified each time we post a new edition of the show. You can also listen to more messages on our website. Again, that's calvaryec.com. That's all we have time for today. There's more to discover in this study of the book of Micah, so we encourage you to continue reading. Pastor Dan will be opening God's Word again next time you join us, right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.